Good morning. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the award-winning Rainbow Radio, the real gay agenda, the only gay-themed program of its kind in the Carolinas. This is a weekly program for gay and straight people by gay and straight people and is presented by the Harriet Hancock Community Center. I'm your weekly host, Bruce Converse. My co-host this morning is also our engineer, Adrian Zongrone. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, Bruce. This morning, our show is being made possible by the Harriet Hancock Community Center. Your history, your hope, your home. This morning, we're now going to be able to bring you that conversation we've had with the elected openly gay mayor of the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts, His Honor Alex Morse. But first, let's look at what's happened in the news lately as well as what's coming up. In national news, the 2012 election was held back on November 6th, and it held some big wins for the LGBT community around the country. Wisconsin, a state with a constitutional amendment banning same-sex marriage, elected Tammy Baldwin to the U.S. Senate, making her the first-ever openly LGBT senator. 2012 also saw the passage of marriage equality measures in Maine, Maryland, and Washington State. And Minnesota made history as the first state to strike down a constitutional amendment to define marriage as a union between one man and one woman. Also, 2012 marks the year that President Barack Obama became the first public advocate of same-sex marriage to have been elected president. Governor and presidential hopeful Mitt Romney conceded the presidential election to incumbent Barack Obama in the early hours of Wednesday, November 7th. Obama needed only 270 electoral votes to win and secured 303 votes overall. In national news, in the city with one of the largest gay communities, the Vatican back in late July of this year named San Francisco's newest archbishop, a man who is a strong opponent of same-gender marriage. The central governing body of the Roman Catholic Church picked Bishop Salvatore Cordiglione to, to be the bishop of the Diocese of Oakland, California. Cordiglione will be governing more than 423,000 Catholics in San Francisco under his new title as publicly backed bans for same-gender marriage and has not been one for equality for same-gender couples. When interviewed by the Catholic Radio Network back in 2008, Cordiglione characterized same-gender marriage as a, quote, plot by the evil one, unquote, to destroy morality in the modern world. In South Carolina news, if the idea of going to church turns you off, you might want to try Jubilee Circle. There, you're more likely to sing songs by Bon Jovi and Sheryl Crow before you ever sing a hymn. Jubilee Circle is a new church start of the United Church of Christ, but it's far from a traditional church. Jubilee Circle is an intentional, progressive, and inclusive community that meets every Sunday at 11 a.m. at 2730 Millwood Avenue. If you're spiritual but not religious, check out Jubilee Circle, where you can move from certainty to mystery. This Wednesday, the Weekly Encounter Bible Study Group will meet at the Harriet Hancock Community Center. Again, it's located at 1108 Woodrow Street, just off the corner of Woodrow and Millwood Streets here in Columbia. This is the former Kingdom Bible Study Group and is open to all LGBTQ and straight allied community members and is held in a safe space free of agendas or judgment. All are welcome. The group meets from 6.30 until 8 p.m. every Wednesday. For more information, contact Tiffany Adams at Tiffany underscore E underscore Adams at Hotmail.com. Rainbow Radio is proud to announce that Out Loud, the best of Rainbow Radio, which was nominated for a Lambda Literary Award this past year, was also awarded a 2011 third place by the Independent Publishers Association. 
This 184-page paperback was on last year's Over the Rainbow book list by the American Library Association. Out Loud, published by the Hub City Writers Project, is a collection of some of the best commentaries Rainbow Radio has aired since October 2005 when this program first went on the air. Citadel Cadets, Drag Queens, a slam poet from Columbia, a Spartanburg schoolteacher, a seminary student in Atlanta, a gay army vet just back from the Middle East, West Columbia Rednecks, rural Texas tomboys, South Carolina's first lesbian congressional candidate, a young man talking about his gay uncle, an attorney talking about her gay son, two boys who dared to dance at the prom, a man telling his father that he's gay, and a dying man who makes his last visit to church on Christmas. All these voices and many more have been collected and edited by the first executive producer of Rainbow Radio, Ed Madden, and our former weekly co-host, Candace Shulu Hodge. And out loud, the best of Rainbow Radio. These stories will inspire you, enrage you, and transform the way you think about what it means to be gay and lesbian in the South. Get your copies today. If your bookstore doesn't have Out Loud, ask them to order it or go online to Amazon.com. Out Loud, the best of Rainbow Radio, makes a great anytime gift for those LGBTQ people you know and to everyone who needs to know these diverse, accurate, and often unparalleled stories of LGBT Southerners, their families, and their friends. Get several copies today. On Saturday, November 17th, the Palmetto Transgender Association will hold the annual Transgender Day of Remembrance. It will be held on the north side of the South Carolina Capitol at Gervais, Maine, starting at 7 p.m. The Palmetto Transgender Association is a statewide nonprofit network of transgender organizations, support groups in Augusta, Charleston, Columbia, Greenville, and Myrtle Beach, and their allies. Stay with us. In just a few moments, we will be talking to the openly gay, newly elected mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts, the Honorable Alex Morse. So stay tuned here to Rainbow Radio. This is Dave Glick. I am the founder and executive director of GLBTQ Online High School. We're the world's first online school specifically for students who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or questioning their sexuality or gender, and you are listening to Rainbow Radio. Welcome back to Rainbow Radio. This morning we have as our guest, the mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts, the Honorable Mayor Alex Morse. Alex was born and raised in Holyoke, which is located between the western bank of the Connecticut River and the Mount Tom Range of Mountains, sitting only eight miles north of Springfield in southwestern Massachusetts. He is the product of the city's public schools, attending Morgan Elementary School, Peck Middle School, and Holyoke High School. By getting a degree from Brown University in Urban Studies, he became the first in his family to graduate from college. Alex served two terms as student representative for the Holyoke School Committee and is the founder of Holyoke for All, the city's first LGBT nonprofit organization. 
For three years, he sat on the Massachusetts Governor's LGBT Commission, and he spent four years working as a youth center counselor at CareerPoint, a multi-service job center in Holyoke. And on January 3rd of this year, 2012, Alex was sworn in as not only the youngest mayor in the history of the city of Holyoke, but also the first openly gay mayor. So good morning, Your Honor, and welcome to Rainbow Radio. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your growing up in Holyoke, your mom, your dad, any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I, I have uh, two older brothers, um, born and raised here in Holyoke. Uh, grew up uh, you know, with, my, with my family, my mother and my father. Uh, when I was born, my mother uh, founded a, uh, opened up a daycare center at the house I grew up in. And so she had that daycare for about 15 years. Uh, and I was, I'm the youngest of, of three boys. Uh, my brothers now are 33 and, and 31, so there's somewhat of an age difference uh, between us. Um, I had a great childhood here in Holyoke. I, I went to the public schools, uh, went to Morgan Tech, uh, graduated Holyoke High School in 2007. Uh, I've always been really involved in my community. I joined the Holyoke Youth Commission uh, when I was about 12 years old in the seventh grade uh, here in Holyoke, uh, and that's when I first uh, was introduced to politics and civic involvement. We met with then-Mayor Sullivan uh, on a monthly basis, and uh, that really gave me the spirit of wanting to get involved in, in government and politics uh, later on in life. Uh, went on to Holyoke High School, uh, got really involved, started the, the Gay Straight Alliance my sophomore year uh, when I came out at the age of 16, um, and it's just been upwards from there. You say that you came out at the age of 16. Can you tell us a little bit about that coming out story uh, when you first started to realize those feelings and how you came out to yourself? Yeah, I mean, it took, uh, I think it took a couple of years to to realize it myself. I mean, I started uh, realizing, I think, in middle school, and then it took until my sophomore year at Holyoke High School to, to finally come to terms with it myself and then feel comfortable enough sharing it with close friends and, and family members. Um, I was involved with a statewide group of young people called Teens Leading the Way um, that was working on uh, providing more mental health resources for the state's young people. And I, when I went there originally, I, I wasn't out. Um, I really hadn't come out to myself yet. And I remember meeting a, an openly gay couple uh, just about a year or two older than I was. And that was a big realization for me that there were two people my age that were openly gay and happy and that I wanted to, to have that happiness as well. Um, so just a few months after that experience, um, you know, I had a, a few close mentors of mine that were openly gay, uh, one counselor uh, through the upper bond program I was in, an after-school program, um, came out to her, uh, and then slowly got the confidence to, to tell close friends and, and my family members. So I came out in May of, of 2006 um, to my parents, and once I came out to my parents, and they were very supportive, uh, both my mother and my father, and, you know, because I had their support, uh, it just gave me a lot of self-confidence I needed to, to move forward with the things that I did. Um, you know, if, I, if it wasn't for the support of my parents, I wouldn't have been comfortable mm-hmm. starting the, the Gay Straight Alliance. And we, I planned the first ever teacher training on LGBT issues and did a school-wide assembly for all of the students on you know, derogatory language and things like that that affect the LGBT community. So I felt comfortable being a public figure, standing up for the rights uh, of the LGBT young people in my city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, overall a, a good coming out experience. I was one of the first students to, to come out at Holyoke High School. And, you know, once we were uh, establishing the school as, a, as a, safe place, a, a safe space for all young people, more and more kids uh, were coming out of the closet. Yeah, in a short number of years, you have been a part of the Holyoke School Commission. You sat on the governor's LGBT commission and worked as a youth uh, career counselor. What got you to thinking about running for the, your first elected office, which was the mayor of Holyoke? When did that start? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've um, I, I knew I had some interest in running for mayor probably before I even got to Brown University. Uh, my senior year at high school, I knew that I someday wanted to come back to Holyoke and run for elected office. I didn't know exactly when that would be. Um, so I went on to Brown, uh, studied urban studies, urban public policy, so really studying issues uh, that happen in the city of Holyoke or in any urban center across the country, you know, uh, high school dropout rates that are getting getting higher in urban school districts, uh, unemployment in, in cities, uh, sort of a disinvestment in the downtown. Um, and I grew up in Holyoke. I was born and raised here, went to the public schools. I had a good pulse on sort of the, the reality and what, what the city needed to move forward. And as I grew up, you realize that, you know, in the mayor's office, on the city council, it's the same people that get elected year after year. Yet, you know, we've been talking about the same issues for decades, and nothing has really uh, changed. So, I mean, we can't change anything if we have the same people in office. So the preface of my campaign really was to, to have someone with a vision, new ideas, um, you know, someone energetic that could really be the city's uh, chief marketing officer. Um, obviously, when I first started telling people I was running for mayor, I had a few core uh, supporters and believers throughout the entire process, but a lot of folks from the get-go were, you know, you should run for school committee first, you should run for city council first, you know, get your feet wet, you don't have a chance of winning, you're 22, you're gay, um, you know, Holyoke, sort of that old boys network uh, political environment. And we were able to shatter all of those, you know, preconceived notions about what a what an uh, what an elected official looks like here in the city. Yeah, how did your uh, sexuality play out during the campaign? Um, it didn't become a a big issue. Uh, you know, one of the the things that I uh, always say is that it's important to be open and honest with your voters and constituents. You know, so I think voters, um, you know, respected the fact that I had been openly gay and been out for several years before I even ran for the position. And I think elected officials and candidates, um, you know, get in trouble often when they're not open uh, about their sexuality and then it has to come out during the campaign or while you're already in elected office. And I think that was the type of honesty and transparency and integrity that the voters wanted, not just around my sexuality, but in any decision or aspect of, of the job as mayor. So I think that was important, number one. Um, number two, the, the folks that had a problem with my sexuality, um, if that was the issue, then they, they probably wouldn't vote for me anyway. Um, so we really didn't focus too much on those people who, you know, were anti-gay or homophobic. They weren't going to vote for me no matter what. And we really had to focus on our base, getting progressives out to vote, young people, the Latino community, you know, middle-class working working folks uh, here in the city that uh, my message resonated with. And we were able to, to win 10 out of the 14 precincts here in the city, uh, win 53% of the vote. Um, you know, there was a, a couple sort of allusions to my sexuality in my opponent's uh, um, sort of campaign literature, not really saying I was gay, but uh, having a chart pointing out the fact that she was married and had kids and I was, you know, single and didn't have any kids and um, things that were sort of pointing to, to me not, not fitting the traditional stereotype of what uh, what a mayor, I guess, is quote-unquote supposed to look like. Yeah, you also were fluent in Spanish. You are fluent in Spanish for the Latino community, which you have I a am. fairly large yeah, one. Yeah, I'm the, yeah, I'm the first um, mayor who can, can speak fluently <laughs> in Spanish. Uh, about 48% of mm-hmm. our population uh, identifies as Latino, uh, mostly of Puerto Rican descent. Um, you know, so it's important to me uh, that the mayor of this community can communicate with uh, almost everybody in the city. And my whole campaign was based on uh, grassroots effort. So I won the election not by you know posting events on Facebook and not by um, you know doing the traditional campaigning of who knows who. It was really going door to door throughout the entire city in every single neighborhood. Um, you know, so I spent a lot of time uh, in the upper neighborhoods and spent a lot of time uh, downtown where I can knock on a door and instantly have a conversation in Spanish with someone, and you just have a connection uh, right off the bat. 
Deep down inside, did you really think you were going to win that election for mayor? Uh, yeah. I, um, before you decide to run for office, you really have to do a lot of soul-searching. You know, am I ready for this? I mean, I was 21 when I came to City Hall, brought a podium there, had my family there. I mean, to think that I had my family, my friends, the people closest to me at the age of 21 behind me, believing in the fact that I could win the election, uh, even though I know there weren't a lot of other folks out there that said he's going to win, a lot of people were saying, well, this is sweet, and he's 21, and um, at least it's a young person, you know, wanting to get involved, but he's probably not going to win, maybe a couple of years down the road. Um, you know, I, I put my whole life, my whole energy, every decision I made over the past three years has been revolved around the fact that I wanted to win the election on November 8th of last year. Uh, we put a lot of time into it. I raised, you know, $60,000, just as much as the incumbent mayor raised. Um, and it's difficult to beat an incumbent mayor. She had been on the city council for 16 years. She was an aide to Congressman over here in Western Mass. She got endorsed by every uh, labor union, uh, you know, every almost every city councilor. Um, and it, at the end of the day, it wasn't about the endorsements. It wasn't about the people who've been around for decades. It was about the fact that people in the city were sick and tired of the same politics, uh, the backroom deals. They wanted somebody that was going to put 100% into the job and think differently about the city. So I. I mean, when you run for office, you, you really should believe you're going to win, because at the end of the day, it comes down to you, and do people believe you and, and what you're talking about. Now, when you, were, when you were going through school, did you have other career plans, or was public office uh, your ultimate goal? Um, well, I think public service altogether, be, be it an elected position, be it working in an a NGO or a, a nonprofit or an agency or working in public policy uh, at some level of government has always been an interest of mine. Um, I think as I got closer to graduation at Brown, I mean, I announced my candidacy my spring semester of my senior year at Brown, so I was both campaigning and finishing up my senior year at Brown at the same time. Um, so my whole senior year, I was I was spending back and forth in Holyoke. I did a lot of traveling. I was still working at Career Point, the career center I worked at, uh, raising money, going to events, having press conferences. Um, it was sort of, it was just a great experience for me. I mean, I studied urban studies, so... Unlike a lot of my classmates who came from more affluent uh, backgrounds and in neighborhoods, I was able to bring my experience growing up in Holyoke to the classroom and vice versa. What, what did I learn um, at Brown uh, around economic development or education reform that I can bring back and incorporate into my campaign and my policies eventually uh, as mayor? Um, I didn't see it as sort of, I'm going to go to Brown to, to run for mayor. I think the experience at Brown really did shape the way I think about issues that uh, happen here in Holyoke. Um, I also had an opportunity... Um, I'm a Point Foundation scholar, so uh, and the Point Foundation is the nation's largest LGBT scholarship fund. Um, and so when you become a Point, Point scholar, not only do you get financial resources to, to help you pay for college, but you also get matched with a, a mentor in your field of study. So when I received the scholarship my freshman year at Brown, I was matched with um, then-Mayor David Cicilline in Providence, who was the openly gay mayor of Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, so we were able to to gain a professional relationship, or um, and I ended up interning in the mayor's office in Providence to sort of get a, a sense of what a mayor's office, how it operates, and what you need to do to win and campaign and, and things like that. This morning we're talking to Alex Morris, openly gay mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts, and we're going to continue our conversation with his honor, the mayor, in just a moment here on Rainbow Radio. 
This week's show is brought to you by listeners like you. Rainbow Radio wants to thank all of you for your continuing support. Get a bunch of your friends together and sponsor a show. It's only 200 bucks. However, any amount you can send will be greatly appreciated. If you've never donated or sponsored a show, now is the time to join all of those listeners like you who have already done so. Here's what you have to do. Send your donations or sponsorships made out to Rainbow Radio to Post Office Box 12648, Columbia, South Carolina, 29211. If you've already sponsored or donated, your continued support will also be appreciated. If you like our show, support Rainbow Radio, not only by listening to it, but also by donating or sponsoring to help keep this show on the air. The Human Rights Campaign thought enough of this show to award Rainbow Radio their 2007 Equality Award. Tell all of your friends not only to listen to our shows, but to join listeners like you. Tell them to sponsor or donate to keep this show on the air, especially if you've never done so before. Thanks again from all of us here at Rainbow Radio for the support of listeners like you. Welcome back to Rainbow Radio. This morning we are talking to the Honorable Mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts, Alex Morse. And now it's January of this year, 2012, and you've just been sworn in as Mayor of Holyoke. During the campaign you addressed some of Holyoke's um, entrenched deep problems, poverty, unemployment, low high school graduation rates, teenage pregnancy. Um, Ideally during the campaign you offered some solutions. Now that you're in the mayor's chair, realistically. Um, are your possible solutions going to work, and have they? Yeah, and I think one of, the, one of the things that people have been most impressed about since I took office about 10 months ago is that we're translating a lot of my ideas and proposals throughout the campaign into real action here in the mayor's office. You know, take education, for example. We have uh, about a 53% graduation rate uh, at the high school level, which is unacceptable. These kids are dropping out of high school, and... They stay in our community without any basic job skills and pretty much stay in poverty their entire life unless we get them back into school, get them a GED and into a workforce training program or back to college. So that's uh, important. We've been able to work uh, with uh, some of the agencies in the city to provide adult basic education. Uh, One of the biggest uh, education issues I've begun to champion is early literacy. Uh, A very small percentage of our third graders are proficient in reading uh, and um, the third grade reading uh, proficiency scale is sort of an indicator of whether or not a young person is going to graduate from high school uh, or drop out. And so if you don't, if a kid enters the fourth grade behind, it's rare that they ever catch up. So instead of, you know, it's impossible to increase, dramatically increase our graduation rates in a two-year period or overnight. It's impossible. So what's our long-term strategy to make sure that the kids in the public schools now are going to be uh, successful? Uh, so we were able to secure a $100,000 grant a couple months ago from the United Way and the Davis Foundation to hire a community literacy coordinator out of my office to engage with parents and the community members because teachers and schools uh, can't do it alone. We really want a sincere and genuine partnership with the people who live in the community, our parents, our friends, our neighbors, to know that literacy is a priority uh, here in the city. In terms of uh, economic development, one of the things I talked often uh, about throughout my campaign was the fact that we had a a very high commercial uh, business tax rate, which was an impediment to expanding our tax base and bringing new development uh, into the city. So my economic development plan focuses on uh, three R's, retaining the development in the businesses we have, recruiting new investment through tax incentives and marketing strategies, 
and then reforming the process to put uh, permitting, uh, to streamline the permitting process, put more uh, features online to make the process easier to bring a business into the city. We've been able to do that. Uh, we've, we have five uh, new projects since January that have all utilized a new, new tax incentive program that I introduced before the council in February that was passed. Um, expansion projects happening uh, here in the city. Uh, next month we'll finish up a $8.1 million senior center for the city's seniors. Uh, November 16th, we're opening up the $170 million uh, Massachusetts Green High Performance Computing Center, uh, which is a consortium of Harvard, MIT, Northeastern, UMass, and Boston University coming together with Cisco and EMC to build a, uh, a high-class computing center right in the downtown in the heart uh, of Holyoke. And that's really been a catalyst to bringing more attention and development uh, into, the, into the city. Um, also next uh, summer, uh, we're, we're halfway through our, our new library uh, renovation and expansion, and that's a 14 and a half uh, million dollar project, and those are some of the existing projects. The new projects uh, also include the restoration of passenger rail uh, up and down the Knowledge Corridor. Um, so we're in the beginning phases of constructing a passenger rail platform uh, so that a train will be coming through Holyoke by spring of, of 2014, uh, and that's also uh, downtown. Uh, Holyoke's also one of the first planned industrial cities in the entire country, so we have a lot of man-made canals in the downtown, approaching 80% of our power is hydroelectric, uh, so we have some of the cheapest utility and electric rates in all of New England, uh, which is one of our competitive advantages for new business. Um, and so next spring, we're also going to kick off phase two of what we call the canal walk, so lining all of our downtown canals uh, with a, a walking path and a biking path. Um, so basic infrastructure upgrades that are, are going to create a good environment where people want to invest and bring their business here. How long uh, do you expect to stay mayor? Are there any term limits to the office of uh, mayor of Holyoke? No, there aren't, um, there aren't term limits to, to being mayor here in the city. Um, the only thing is that I, I have to run for office every two years. It's a, it's a two-year term. Um, so I've been mayor for 10 months, and uh, in a couple months I'll already have to sort of think about running for re-election. Uh, again, I you know, already have a couple campaign fundraisers planned I have to get ready for uh, next year to run another campaign. But I, I plan on being mayor, um, you know, hopefully for at least eight years. Um, I need to be here long enough to see some of these big projects happen, uh, to see some of the dramatic change and transformation that I think the city needs. We're going to need steady leadership for uh, at least several years. Have you given any thought about what you want to do once you do leave the office of mayor? What do you want to tackle next in your life? Um, not so much. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, right now my, my whole priority is making sure I do the best I can for the city of Holyoke. Um, and, you know, whatever I do, uh, or however long I'm mayor, whatever I'm doing after will involve some type of public service giving back uh, to the people in my community. But Holyoke has a lot of potential, um, and at the moment I'm just dedicated to making sure I do the very best for the people here. Uh, what, what would you say is on your bucket list? You've already been elected mayor at the age of 22, but, you know, what, what are some my of the <laughs> big things, you know? Hmm, what would be on my bucket list? That's a that's a great question. I mean, I'm I'm a young I'm young. I'm 23 and I'm mayor. So I mean, the one thing that I wish I had more more of is more time to to travel and go around. And I I mean that'll come at some point in my life. But being mayor is one of those jobs where it's 24/7. So it's hard to to get out of town. It's hard to to sometimes find time just to just to relax mm -hmm. and uh, you know think about things that don't impact the city. <laughs> so um, you know, 10 months in, I'm I'm getting more and more of a balance between personal life and the political life. But it's still always a, a struggle in a job like this. Um, yeah, I'd have to think more about more about mm -hmm. that. Okay, is there a website where anybody can follow you and Holyoke's progress and what appears to be your city's substantial transformational re renaissance? Yeah, so we have um, there is Holyoke.org, uh, which is the city's basic municipal website, and it's actually undergoing a uh, 
uh, a rehab. So we're going to launch a new city website in early January, but you can access this current site for now. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I have a fan page, Mayor Alex Morse, where we're constantly doing updates uh, around that. Uh, and then also uh, my campaign website is w- uh, www.morseformayor.com, and we have campaign updates on there, events, videos, things like that, if people want to know how to get involved in, in my reelection. Alex Morris, openly gay mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts. Thanks for taking time out of what obviously is a very busy schedule you have to spend some time with us here this morning here on Rainbow Radio. We wish you and Holyoke much success. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning on Rainbow Radio, the real gay agenda. And thanks goes to listeners like you, those of you out there who've been helping to keep this show on the air with your generous donations and shows of support for bringing you today's show. And I'd also like to thank my co-host this morning, who has also been our engineer, Adrian Zongro. Thanks, Adrian. Rainbow Radio would love to hear from you. Please contact us with any show ideas, to share a commentary, suggest a guest, or just to let us know what you think about our program. You can do all of that by either sending us an email to scrainbowradio at gmail.com or write to us at 1108 Woodrow Street, Columbia, South Carolina, 29205. Or call and leave a message for us at the Harriet Hancock Community Center. The number is 803-771-7713. You can listen to some of our most recent shows at the website soundcloud.com slash rainbow radio. And if you or any of your friends want to sponsor a show, we can tell you how to go about doing that. Again, that email address is scrainbowradio at gmail.com. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rainbow radio. There, you can read current news, stream new episodes, and you'll be the first to know about all the latest show updates. Or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rainbow radio SC. This show will continue as long as we have your support. Next week, we'll have another great show. So until then, have a terrific and a safe week.